know, one of the things we've taught on when it comes to business and family is the four um, levels or seasons of success. And I want to just review them really quick because it's relevant for what I want to talk about. And that a lot of people, whether it's your marriage, your business, your health, are stuck in what we call the lowest level of living, survival mode. It's where the water is like up to your nose. And if it just has a ripple, your business is going under. You know, if I don't get help for my marriage, there's no way it's going to make it. You're barely surviving your family, your home, your health. And the most important thing you can do is get out of survival mode. Instead of always praying for miracles, get out of survival mode to stability. And when you move a business, a marriage, a family from survival mode to stability, there's this big, oh, this feels so good. Our marriage is stable. My business, my career is stable. You know, our kids, our family, we've stabilized. But if someone asks you, hey, how's your, how's your marriage? And you go, it's stable. It's not a real compliment. So we want to move out of stability to success. Success is a Bible word. God gives us all these things in life not to fail, for some reason today, churches come against anyone that teaches success. Well, no one says, I want to get married and fail. I want to start a career and fail. I want to have kids and fail. No. The Bible says in John 10.10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So he's all into that. So once you begin to succeed, which is all about you, you want to move to that last level called significance. And significance is never about you. It's using the blessing, the things that you've learned, to be a blessing to others. Successful is cool, but if you stay in that mode of success and you never move into significance, that is where the depression, unhappiness, and failure will always hit you as well. Now, in the Bible, there's two kinds of principles. There's universal principles that whether you believe in God, whether you have faith, doesn't matter. You break a universal principle, and it's going to hurt you. For, and I couldn't even begin to start explaining it, but for example, you can't break the law of gravity. doesn't matter what you believe. Jump off the building, you're going to break your legs. There are other uh, laws and principles in God's Word, like a soft answer turns away wrath. Just shout angrily back at an angry person. doesn't matter if you have faith or not. You just got a big old fight on your hands, and it takes two to fight. So a ton of the principles in God's Word are universal. It just means they're just wisdom for every day for every person on the planet, whether you believe in God or not. There's great universal wisdom on jobs, careers, how to solve problems, how to build marriages, how to raise kids. And they're just universal principles. Then there are spiritual principles that require a relationship with Christ, require His Word, reading His Word, faith in His Word. And so it's important that we understand these two things. Because in the church world, for every mile of truth, there's two miles of ditch. On one side is the people who don't believe in miracles anymore. It, you know, cessation is a doctrine that says that when the last apostle died in the book of Revelation, uh, that miracles stopped, which is crazy, but they believe it. And so they don't believe in miracles. You're on your own. God will give you some psychological comfort, but other than that, you on your own. That's the one ditch. Now, the other ditch is these you know, Pentecostal, charismatic people that it's, it's all miracles. I need a miracle, Lord, pick me a wife. That's the one. All right, prophesy over me. I'm going to marry her. And, and okay, whatever. And everything is a miracle. And 
the Bible teaches us that that's not true either. There's balance. And to live in balance is something the Bible teaches a lot of. So today I want to talk about what builds relationships, what builds a home, because the Bible says it's wisdom. The Bible does not say miracles build your home. It says wisdom builds your home. And so many people, they just know God as the last-ditch effort once you've done everything in your power to change your career, your mental health, your physical health, your relational health, your financial health, etc. That if things aren't working out after all of your efforts, it's, ah, God! And the Bible actually has a verse that says that if you ignore wisdom, that in your calamity, she will laugh at you. That verse shocked me. When I found out, let me read you some of them here. In Proverbs chapter 1, you can follow along with me. Verse 20, it says, Wisdom calls aloud outside, raises her voice in the open squares, cries out in the concourses, at the opening of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. How long, simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning. Fools hate knowledge. They Turn at my rebuke, and surely I'll pour out my spirit on you. I'll make my words known to you, because I've called and you refused. I've stretched out my hand and no one regarded, because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes, and your terror comes like a storm, your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I won't answer. They'll seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge, did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel, despised my rebuke. Therefore, they're going to eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools, it says, will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. This thing about wisdom is not hard. I mean, how, how easy can it get? Wisdom is screaming in the streets, screaming in businesses, screaming in the gates, screaming at the door of your house. Wisdom is hollering out, listen to me, I want to help you, I want to help you, I want to help you. You've got to want to not listen to God. You've got to want to not go to church, not know His Word, not spend time. People say, I wish there was a, I wish there was a book on life, like a, a how-to book. There is. It's called the Bible. You know what B-I-B-L-E stands for? Basic instructions before leaving earth. And yet people, they, they, don't, they think it's outdated. They think it's not relevant. But we've got to understand something. That you don't have um, a money problem. You have a wisdom problem. You don't have a marriage problem. You have a wisdom problem. You don't have a child problem. You've got a wisdom problem. When you take a look at all the problems in life, a lot of them, not everyone, I never say everything, but a majority of them will come down to wisdom. And it says here that if you just start to listen, it says you will dwell safely, live securely, and never have to worry about evil. But there's something we have to understand, that everything you build is what is growing. What you don't build 
doesn't grow. That's like saying, hey, I got a quarter section out back, didn't have time to put any seed in it, but hey, we're just believing God for a great harvest of corn. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the world kind of looks at us, kind of go like, okay, so you just sitting there saying you're praying for a great business. And this guy's working his butt off to get a great business, and you're just praying for one. And you see, when you look at the word miracle, God intervening, God doing something miraculous, he's never talking about um, taking your business that took somebody else 15 years. He's going to just build it for you, hire the right staff, put the buildings in place, the systems in place, get you the loan from the, from the bank, get this over here. No. The Bible says that, G that Holy Spirit is our helper. That means that you must take the initiative. Listen to Proverbs 18.9 in the Amplified Bible. It's a very unique verse. It says, He who is loose and slack in his work is brother to him who is a destroyer. Let's stop right there. So many people blame the government, blame the times, blame this, blame that, for when their careers and their money's not going anywhere. But it's saying here that if you work, act, your attitude, your work ethic is loose and slack, then you may as well have someone destroying your life because you're destroying your life by not being passionate and working hard and being on time and going after it and building your career. Build work for that, guys, if it's your. If you're not doing that, Loose and slack, brother to destroyer. But listen to the next one. And he who does not use his endeavors. I want you to notice the word his endeavors. He's not talking about just sitting around, sipping a Coke and watching TV and believing God for everything. What's your endeavors? Is if you don't use, if he does not use his endeavors to heal himself. Now you can heal your marriage, heal your body, heal your mind, heal your family, whatever. It says he is brother to him who commits Suicide. What? That's the only time I, the word suicide is used in the Amplified Bible. And it's a word like all of us have friends or family that have maybe done this. I have. And so it's not a, it's not a funny word, but it's the interpreters in the Amplified Bible had a lot of experts. The only way they could get this thought across was to say, if you do not take initiative to build something, initiative to learn something, initiative to read something, to, to learn about marriage, to learn about sex, you know, everyone thinks that they're just naturally gifted in the sex area. They don't have to read anything. That, that's ridiculous. Everyone thinks, well, it can be easy being a daddy. I mean, that just comes naturally. No, it doesn't. Now, anybody can be a biological father. That's pretty easy. But to be a father and to bring in the teaching and the things that the Word says. It's going to require us to endeavor to pursue, to go after wisdom. And what's beautiful about God, He's never hiding it. He's never holding it back. He's never making you earn it. He the wisdom is shouting at you, wanting you, bringing things to you, saying, I'm going to fill every room in your house with pleasant riches. When you look at the word, I love Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. I'm giving you a few verses. I hope you write them down and study them. But here's what it says in the um, expanded version of the Bible, which has become one of my favorite ones to read. It says, Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure, his satisfaction, and his delight. It doesn't say, pray to God, he'll do a miracle and fix your wife. Pray to God, he'll do a miracle and watch your kids. No, he gave you your kids for you to, 
for you to raise. It is saying here that as you begin to pursue God, that He is energizing and creating in you the power and the desire to will and to work for His good pleasure. What is God's good pleasure? Well, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I am come that you might have life and a little dabble do you. No, and that you might have it up. Abundantly, beyond, you know, in the, in the Greek, it literally means that immeasurable in quantity and un, it means like, and the quality is something you just can't find anywhere. That's literally what it means when Jesus, I've come to give you life and how much life? Life abundantly. Far beyond anything you'd imagine, ask or think. So it's wisdom. Wisdom is what builds our lives. Someone said to me, well, I'm just believing God for a quarter million dollar job a year. I said, wow, could you agree with me? I said, yeah, I can agree with you. Can I ask you a simple question? Yes. Do you have a quarter of a million dollar skills? I'm not sure. I said, so if you got a quarter of a million dollar job, let's pretend that they needed a new CFO, you applied, you got it, got the corner office, the car, the salary, and the CFO's job is to handle finances, track finances, be able to do it for all the departments that are there, you know, all the different executives that are... So now that you've got the job, you sit down in your chair, you got two assistants looking after you, but now you got to produce. And you can't produce a quarter of a million, you got to make that company money. What are you going to do? Well, I, 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 I was just believing God. See, that's what I mean when I say we've, we're in the ditch on one side or the other side. And on the other side, people say, well, you know, I got the job. I've got my degree. I'm working and I've got people against me over here and someone's to stab me in the back over there. And God's going to help you. It says he'll bless the work of your hand. He will be there to protect you and to keep you, to bless you. To, but it's always attached to your desire to build with wisdom. And if you don't pursue wisdom, the area that you don't pursue wisdom, it says wisdom will laugh at you when times get hard. I'm going to be really honest, but there's times in my life when I felt like my prayers didn't hit the ceiling. And whether it was me trying to understand my kid, my wife, the finances, the things, and it was just, and you're going, oh Lord, and, and nothing would happen. And then I would realize, I don't think I've learned and grown and built anything in that area. You know, as the church began to grow, people would often say, man, God is blessing you. And I thought, yes, He is, but you know, nothing was happening until I started doing something. And the same is for you. There's no difference. So I'm believing God for millions of dollars in my business. Good. Well, then go get millions of dollars of wisdom. Go find out from somebody else who's done it. Read God's Word and make sure that who you are in Christ, that the fruits of the Spirit, those powerful ingredients of peace and joy and patience and long-suffering, that you've got these attributes. Because if you don't, you're going to be a casualty. So, you mean... This building, if we put a second floor on it, this wasn't designed for a second floor. The foundation was not built to build a two-story building. But let's say we put a second floor on it. And it's okay. Well, let's put a third store on it. Third floor. Four. It's not doing it. Let's put five floors. Eventually, the very success of the building will destroy the foundation as it all collapses. And success in your life without wisdom will always destroy you because you must grow in wisdom, in relationship with God, to be able to handle that. And so 
that's all I really want to say in this, in, this, in this message today is have you forgotten how powerful one of the Proverbs says that if you'll pursue wisdom, it will fill every room of your home with pleasant riches. In other words, that, that room will succeed. Well, let's look at the rooms in your house. Well, there's your bedroom. I think we'd all like our bedroom to succeed. Well, there's your children's room. I want all my kids' rooms to be so blessed and successful. Well, there's your office where you run your budgets and your career and her career or whatever. And I want that area to succeed. You know, there's, there's your little workout room where you're trying to stay healthy. I, I want my health. I want to succeed. When you begin to recognize that wisdom fills every area of your life, any area that you have not pursued wisdom and built on purpose... You will struggle there. And when you try to change it, it's going to feel like a barren landscape that your prayers hit the ceiling because if wisdom should have built it, wisdom is kind of laughing at you, meaning, you know, it's kind of like if you have to plant your oats. Sorry, farmers, if I get this wrong. You got to plant your oats in April or May so that you've got a harvest in July or August, let's say. So you don't. But come July, you're praying for a harvest now. Well, it's too late for wisdom. There is no wisdom that grows oats in two weeks. Okay? You should have done that back here. And so when you look at wisdom, the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verses 45 and on, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Huh? He's really saying, don't you call me Lord. Now, we call Jesus our Savior. He has saved me. And I get to go to heaven for eternity. Yeah, He's your Savior. But is He your Lord? Lordship means that you obey and respect His wisdom and live your life according to it. And He says, don't call me Lord, Lord, if you're not going to do what I say. He says, it's like this. The person who listens to me and does what I say builds his house on a rock, a firm foundation. And the other guy who hears what I say but doesn't do it. He doesn't build his rock, his house on a foundation when the storms come and it hits both houses the same. This is on this side of the street. This is on this side of the street. And the, the storms don't come to strengthen it. It doesn't drive the screws in deeper into the door. The storm doesn't realign the walls and make them stronger. The storm doesn't stick the shingles on your, uh, your roof better. The storm comes to destroy you. But it can't if you've built wisdom into your life. Wisdom in your marriage, wisdom in raising your kids, wisdom in your finances, wisdom in your relationships and your friendships. And God's Word is filled with wisdom. That's why church, that's why your personal devotions, that's why us growing in our relationship with God is absolutely crucial. Because He promises there will be no storm. He promises there will be no storm that destroys your life. If you've got the wisdom of God built into that area, you've obeyed His wisdom there. And I'm the first to tell you, good Lord, lots of times when I'm going through something, I'm going, ah! Then I think, okay, have I got it? I, I, I need wisdom. I gotta find books. I gotta phone friends. I gotta go to conferences. I need wisdom in this area. And others just think they can just read the red in their Bible and pray for power and wait for God to show up. And I thank God for His miracles. I thank God when He does things in our lives. But there's never a fast answer 
for a lack of discipline. And so wisdom is crucial. We need to make sure. Here in Proverbs 24, I'll give you the verse that I was quoting from in verses 3 to 5. It says, it takes wisdom to have a good family. Oh, doesn't a good family just happen? Doesn't God just bless us? Yes, He's blessed you. But He's blessed you with wisdom. He's blessed you with His presence. He's blessed you with His Word. He's blessed you with His Spirit. Now He's saying, use these tools that I've given you. It says it takes wisdom to have a good family. By wisdom, a house is built. And it takes understanding to make it strong. By understanding, it's established. It takes knowledge to fill a home. By knowledge, rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. God's designed the home, the family, to be beautifully. And by rare, it doesn't mean not too many people. It just means it's so beautiful. People are in awe of what God's wisdom can do in our homes. It says, wise people have great power. Now, I'm going to say something here. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't say praying people have great power. Now, we know prayer works. It doesn't say loving people have great power, but we know love works. It's very clear. Wise people have great power. How do you get wisdom? You go after knowledge. Once you gain knowledge, you want help to understand how it applies to you. And wisdom is you applying it to your life. Like, let's say you got a credit card and the bank calls you up and says, yeah, Hey there, Bob. Yeah, your, uh, your credit card is filled up and over. That's the knowledge. He hangs up and he's trying to get some understanding. My credit card is full. What do I need to learn from this piece of knowledge? I need more credit cards. <laughs> no, I need a budget. So understanding tries to take the information and be able to make wise decisions with it. You can't ever remove Knowledge. Wise people have great power. And it says they are mightier than strong people. And those with knowledge have, it says, are those that have great strength. So we've got to recognize this area. As a Christian, one of the things I love about the Bible is of all that I've read, and I'm, I have read and read and read for 40 of my years, I've been one of these prolific readers across the board, business and leadership and psychology and you name it. When I come back to the Word of God, I've never found such brilliance to anchor my life, to build my family, our home, our churches, our schools, and all the things that God has given us. And so I want to give you this one just shot across the bow. What are you building in your life? There's a teaching that I do with business leaders at business conferences. It's, called, it's telling them not to believe in, um, which I dropped my thought, by productionalism. It's not a word. I made it up. But everybody I talk to, then I'll say, well, I just thought if I had a good location, a byproduct would be customers would come. I, people say, well, I just thought it, that, you know, if I just make a good living and buy her a nice home, that our marriage would just be special. Now, anything that you want specifically, you must go after specifically and gain the wisdom for that specifically. You can't just say, well, as a byproduct, I mean, I prayed, so I'm hoping my kids are going to work out. You can't give your kids to God. Say, God, you look after them. He gave them to you and said, you look after them. Yes, he'll assist you. But this wisdom is all through the word. And I want to challenge you to make sure 
Just make sure that wisdom is something that you're going after. Make sure that you treasure the Bible. The beginning of all wisdom is in the fear of God, in the awe of His wisdom. Yes, we got great resources out there. Some of you young people who are in university and college right now, you just think that the psychologists and the psychiatrists got all these new books and they disagree with the Bible. That's modern and smart. The Bible's outdated and kind of stupid. Well, maybe the person teaching it was that you heard, but the Bible isn't. The Bible is amazingly current. Make sure that its wisdom is something that you go after. And I'm telling you, it says that when storms blow, it'll still be there if you use God's wisdom. And you know what's beautiful about this? The 23rd Psalm <clears throat> says, the last verse, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. You know, when I was a little kid, we sang this song. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And we had this song we sang. Well, when I was a little kid, I thought those were three women. Surely, goodness, and mercy. And then as I grew up, I found out that no. It was saying that goodness, God's goodness is following you. It's trying to get catch you. His mercy is following you, trying to catch you. But it'll never force itself in your life. You have to reach out and embrace it. And you can be so sure that surely His goodness is. So if you've got an area of your life, you've got to go, Leon, ooh, ouch. As you were speaking, I just realized, I don't know if I've really grown in this area of being a spouse. I don't know if I've grown. I don't know if I ever read anything about raising kids or about looking at... I, I, then you're, you're in luck. Because wisdom is always crying out. The word repentance in the Bible doesn't mean to cry and sob and to be sorry. It just means you changed your mind and you changed your direction. That's called repentance. So that's why the Bible says to live in a repentant attitude every day. So that if wisdom challenges something that you do, you go, that makes sense. I'm changing, even if it's embarrassing. Even i got to say, I was wrong, hon, or kids, I was wrong. We're going in this direction now. The Bible calls that wisdom. Because wisdom has come, you've changed your mind, you've changed your direction, and it says blessing will be right there in every room of your house. Father, I pray today that your presence will touch me in my areas will touch every one of us here from the oldest to the youngest. We trust your spirit to lead us into all truth. And everybody's in a different place, dealing with different issues. But I pray that we'd open our hearts and our minds to you, your word, and that we'd make a decision today to follow you. Every head bowed for just a moment. I want to lead you in one of the most powerful prayers I know. It's a prayer that I prayed. It's a prayer of giving yourself to God. It's called getting right with God. God will never force himself into your life. He respects you too much, and he gave you free will. He'll never force you to do anything. But his goodness and his mercy have always been there in your life, literally just prompting you, please accept me. I want to come into your life. And so I'm going to lead everybody in this prayer, right from your seats, all of us together. A prayer of putting Jesus in his rightful place in your life. Before I do, for all of those who are here, they would just say, Leon, please include me. Today, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Just you folks, all across the auditorium, would you just open your eyes and just wave at me till I see your hand? Just say, Leon, include me in that prayer. Thank you. Others, 
Give me a quick wave. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Others, just give me a quick wave on this section. Thank you. Usher, just help me out here if I get the light sometimes. Around. Anybody just say, Pastor, as well, I want to give my life to Christ. Thank you, thank you. For those on our other campuses, there's a leader at the front right now. and They're looking for your hand. Just raise a hand and just say, yes, today I'm making a decision to give my life to Jesus. And let's all pray this prayer with these amazing folks. Many of us have prayed this prayer. We know what it has done for us. The prayer goes like this. Let's pray it out loud, confidently. Just say, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus, who died in my place paid for all my mistakes so I could be in your family. So Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. From today and on, I'm following you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. That's how exciting, how powerful that is.